Welcome back to the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Uh, we're happy you're joining us uh, today for another episode. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome to you both. Uh, you. Another exciting time to be together because today we're talking about one of my favorite things ever. And you might have guessed food, but it's not. <laughs> it's the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think uh, hopefully it's your favorites too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the Bible is filled with so many uh, great things. I mean, it's the Word of God. Uh, and uh, there's so much to say about the Bible. But I think in particular, we we want to address uh, the question, like, what do we do with the Bible, right? Yeah. Like, how do we take the Bible? How do we read it? Where do we start? What does it mean? And, and, and you know, lots of... Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of a confession here. Uh, I've been scrolling through TikTok a little bit lately, right? <laughs> and there's people on TikTok who are trying to say that like Christians are uh, wrong on so many things because we're contradicting what's in the Bible. Or if we're going to follow the Bible, then how come we're not following these little snippets from the Old Testament that they always like to draw on? Like, yeah. you know, like... Uh, uh, almost like the Pharisees used to do to Jesus. Eh? Yeah. Like, hey, we're catching them. But it's like, that's not the way that we understand some of the scriptures. But I think people in general, like maybe people who sit in the pews, people who are at home wanting to learn about the scriptures, where do you start? Like, where do you start? I think as Catholics, I mean, it's the age-old age uh, example uh, with depending on different Christian, Christian faiths. So, so Protestants versus Catholics, a lot of times Christian... Um, Catholics know the stories, but they don't know the address. Does that make sense? So they know okay. where it took place, but they yeah. don't know the address of where it was yeah. in the Bible. Whereas in a lot of times, um, other Protestants know exactly where you can find specific snippets in the Bible to say to back up what they're saying and back up how they're talking. But they don't. They maybe not recognize the full story of the picture or something like that. And right. so, as Catholics, I think we need to get better at reading the Bible, understanding how to read the Bible, and as in. And very specifically, where things are found in the Bible, so that when we when we need to turn to the Bible, we know where to look. Yeah. You know, and so uh, in the big way I would say is that we, you need to start by understanding the Bible is not one book. Yeah, right. Would that be Matt? Yeah, yeah. No, like the the, the word Bible comes yeah. from Biblia, which is plural, which means like technically means a library. So like it's it's oh, a collection. Bibliotech. Yeah. <laughs> Bibliotech. That's yeah. your yeah, friend. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. The, the yeah, three, one of the three words you learn in my grade two <laughs> French. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and understanding that it's not um, it's not a book like any other book that you would read. So like a lot of these criticisms that that fathers reference, like they come from like the idea that like you're reading the Bible as you know a reference manual or as a textbook or as you know a literal history of you know this particular people in this particular time. It's like no, it's it's telling the same story through a number of different lenses in a number of different historical contexts um, through, you know, a number of human instruments that, you know, tell the same story kind of beginning to end. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, it, you know, um, I think a, a large criticism of the scriptures is like, well, why does, why does the Bible have authority? You know, I think people might understand there's a different authors because, you know, you think of like you know, most people would know like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and all these different authors. Like, so why does the Bible even have authority? Like why? Because people say, well, it's just a book. It's an old book. Times have changed, whatever it is. Right. So even in, in the very like even understanding why the Bible has that weight to the Christian life. 
Like, how do you explain that to someone? Yeah, well, um, that's, uh, again, it's a kind of a deeply rooted concept in where, where the Bible comes from, because like, even you have um, the difference between just about every other culture that the Old Testament references, um, and the Israelites was that the Israelites were the people of the book. They were the people who, you know, continued to tell and retell the story of how God intervened in human history mm-hmm. to, you know, um, give the people law, you know, a law that was giving life, um, you know, distinguish them from ancient barbaric um, um, cultures yeah. um, and bring them out of, you know, those practices that were, you know, self-destructive. So like from the beginning, there's, there's, you know, you're inhabiting a narrative. Um, you're part yeah. of a story that's being told. And this, this idea of the people of the book that, um, you know, is carried through in the New Testament, you like you have, you know, Jesus, who is the word become flesh, like the significance of the word to the Jewish people wasn't just, this is a book that we kind of believe that this, this, this is the thing that gives life, and you have the incarnation. Um, and then you have the extension of that past kind of the, um, the incarnation itself, the apostolic age, that um, you, know, you have scripture, sacred scripture, the canonization of scripture, as you know, the primary revelation of the person of Christ, you know, being carried forward in, into you know, the tradition of the church. Yeah, because by the time Jesus like, lived, right, the what we know as the old testament yeah. was already in place i mean jesus yeah. you know one of my favorite scriptures is when jesus opens up that scroll you know today this From is Isaiah. Being yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i yeah. know i love it like it's just like it's just such a mic drop yeah, yeah. Uh, jesus like <laughs> mic drop moment uh but the new testament okay so uh like com- compiling the new testament actually didn't come until the late 300s no, right no uh, there was a council at Rome yeah. that uh, the church had decided these canons, like these these the role of these uh, yeah. scriptures, right for the New Testament, um, and the scriptural canon is how many books? Seventy three, yeah. okay, seventy three sure. books. Yeah. Now this is even, and and that was you know affirmed by the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Council of Rome, but also at the Council of Hippo, at the Council of Carthage. Yeah, it was a couple of times. I remember a couple hundred years apart. Yeah, you know, and just... the Council of Florence. But then even after Martin Luther, you know, in I think it was 1542, uh, the church affirmed it again mm-hmm. because he attacked that there was these 73 books. And and yeah, his his whole thing too, if you go into actually the history of it, um, Martin Luther, in, in separating the church and he, his thesis and everything else, and we don't have to get into that. That's a whole, I think we had a whole episode on this. But one of the things he d- that we do is we have a Protestant Bible and we have a Catholic Bible. But realizing that the Catholic Bible Hat, like is the one that started through you know right 300 years after Christ. That was the one that was put together. That's right. And then at the time, Martin Luther... He wanted to actually get rid of most things other than the New Testament, but specifically the Gospels and uh, the Acts of the Apostles and the Psalms. Those were the only things he really wanted to keep in a Bible. And basically, um, as the legend goes, I'm going to say, is people stood up and said, well, if you do that, then we're not going to follow you. And he's like, okay, well, then we can, but we're going to take out these books. And one of the biggest reasons they took out those books were because those books weren't translated from the Arabic to the original, to from Arabic. They didn't have the Arabic translations they had the greek or um latin translations uh and so because of that that was the excuse that they used was like okay so these are um these books we don't have the originals and so because of that now again remember this is 1500 years after the originals so like there's some yeah and questions but then we have the dead sea scrolls and the dead sea scrolls coming out um 
you know, in the seventies, I think it was, or where, whenever it was, um, just recently we found all these older translations, the Aramaic translations of these scrolls. And so like, there's no reason then now why these Bibles are taken out, why there should be two different Bibles. There shouldn't be two different Bibles. There's, there's the original Bible. Mm-hmm. There's the one that Martin Luther, um, took some books out of for reasons yeah. that they didn't find the original. So. Yes, and like part of that too is like I was admitting before uh, we started the episode that like yeah. it's uh, most of my biblical study has been in a Protestant context. So even yeah. like how many books are in the Bible, I have to like I, like I was second guess re- because re- like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, I know I, it's I demand a recount. Yeah, no, um, but uh, that that's part of the reason that I became Catholic. Yeah, that it's like there's. A trend, and even before Martin Luther, of you know, I I'm I'm taking I'm omitting this part of scripture or just ignoring it or kind of excising it because it disagrees with my theology. Right. It's mm, I would prefer to believe yeah. something else, so you know this isn't authoritative or this isn't scripture or you know this is just you know a leftover piece of you know a dark part of human history. Um, so, um, like, and it it for me it was like what's to keep my interpretation of scripture, well, first of all, like a, a realization that scripture needs to be interpreted. That it's like, okay, um, like, because, you know, as in my early 20s, it was like, scripture became really important to me because, you know, this is the revelation of the person of Christ. And like, I need to invest, I need to understand more. Um, and I like by getting into like biblical language study and yeah. all this kind of historical contextual stuff that I'm still really interested in. Um, it became apparent that it was like, the authority doesn't come from me. And it's like, mm-hmm. even like I can't read this in a vacuum. And there's so much historical, epistemological, contextual, cultural difference between like me here in 2022 and, you know, the context where the gospels are written, let, let alone all the, the um, books of the Old, Old Testament, Testament. Yeah. that it's like, I need um, a means of interpretation. I need a tradition that can explain this to me or that or yeah. that can build upon this and um e- even in a protestant context you'd be like okay i can do this ancient language study it was like but i'm putting my faith in this translator i'm putting my faith in this person who's yeah. teaching me greek i'm putting my faith in this so like at some point like you 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 put i don't know your interpretation in the hands of another um, so it was like, yeah. I was at a point where I had to make a decision, like, okay, wh- whose hands am I going to put that in? Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, and then I started looking into things like apostolic succession and like how Jesus yeah. actually handed this over to, to his disciples and that tradition has carried forth in the church. And that, yeah. that was a big, a big part of why I became Catholic. Yeah. You bring up an excellent point because I think it still happens today. People mm-hmm. do like, well, I'm not going to focus on this piece of scripture because I don't, you know, take, I don't agree with it. But yeah. so when you, when we open up our Bible, like, how do we read different parts of the Bible? Because, like, it, we know that there are, you know, there's the creation stories, there's historical data in the scriptures, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, poetry, there's, uh, you know, real uh, historical things that are going on. So what, what do you do? How do you, how does someone, when they crack open the spine of a Bible, how do you know how to read it? Well, I think, so one of the important things that I, if, if you ever get challenged on your faith, here's mm-hmm. the one thing I always want to bring up, but if you ever get challenged on the Catholic faith based on the Bible, well, the Catholic Church teaches this, but it's not in the Bible here, there, or the other thing, or the Catholic Church doesn't go along with the Bible when it says this, that, or the other thing, you have to realize the Catholic Church is the, like, there's nothing that is in our faith that could ever be 
against the Bible and the, because that's what our faith is built on right. and then vice versa. So if you ever get challenged, and I just bring this up because that was something you said with picking out the scripture verses and stuff. I've had people come to my door specifically and open up Bibles and, and try to tell me what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Two things that I always recommend to anybody that has to be in that situation. I am always welcoming and my, I try to be loving to them if, if they come to my door and, and decide to quote the Bible to me. So what I do is I'm like, oh, just a second, I'm going to grab my Bible. That's first one. The reason I do that is because then I have full access to what the scriptures actually say, the fullness mm-hmm. of the scripture. But then that's the second part of it. I was like, hey, what, where is that? Okay, you want to you quote, um, I don't know, Isaiah so-and-so. Okay, so then I turn to Isaiah, and now I read the lines before it, mm-hmm. and I read the lines For after context. It. For context, yes. because it's a very important. They can put one specific um, letter in. Okay, I mean, I mean talking about uh, Jesus in the Eucharist, for instance, my blood is, I mean, my my body is true flesh and uh, is true eats and my and my blood is true drink uh and then when you keep reading if we're talking about the eucharist being a symbol it doesn't really follow through if you keep reading that specific section where god it was it uh, john john or where does he say that john, john, john six, six? Yeah. yeah so he talks about that but it talks about his people turning away if you read that whole story you go oh wow like he he means this he, yeah. he really like it's not a symbol it's not this he actually means we're supposed to eat his body drink his blood like that's what he's talking about here when you read the whole context but if you take one or two lines out of here and and maybe suggest your own theories or your own ideas well yeah you could definitely say well this says this in the bible and you're like oh okay yeah that yeah okay i guess i believe what you're saying if that's the truth but i always just say okay just wait a second pull back the line read the line read before the line read after the line and see what the context of the bible what is actually jesus in that particular case was jesus trying to say what is god trying to say through this so it's it's when when you get approached or um I'm going to say uh, challenged, challenged right, yeah. on, on something, read it. There's nothing in the Catholic Church that could be against the Bible, and there's nothing in the Bible that will go against the Catholic Church. Like, it's just not a possibility. Yeah. I like the, what, what you were saying like uh, about the context because what, what, the blessing we have uh, when we celebrate Catholic Mass on, on Sunday, you know, you have this cycle of readings. We know that we go through the scriptures in a three-year cycle, but oftentimes there's a, there's a connector between the Old Testament reading. So we always read from the Old Testament, uh, for the first reading, then there's a psalm, there's a second reading from the New Testament, then there's a gospel, right? Mm-hmm. But there's always a connecting mm-hmm. theme uh, between the gospel and the and the first reading, usually, sometimes the second reading too, but sometimes we just kind of cycle through St. Paul. But the, the, to reinforce the context yeah. of, of, of the message, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes to show the fulfillment of this particular old from the old testament to the new testament exactly right but when you when you're just kind of um confronted with one line out of context well that's not helpful for anyone yeah yeah Yeah, and uh what you were saying about like i think there's maybe an overemphasis on like the tension between kind of the tradition and scripture and like people pitting them against each other because of the you largely the the catholic protestant kind of um debate that on the Protestant side, you can say, um, you know, there's there's a fair, you'd say, overemphasis on Scripture, and, and mm. you can't, again, read Scripture in a vacuum. But I think there's there's a legitimate uh, criticism to be made, not against Catholicism per se, no. but a lot of um, maybe Catholics' practical emphasis on, well, I don't need to read Scripture because the Church just tells me what it means. Um, yes. Or that there's, yeah. uh, there's, no, yes. there's no personal onus placed on the... Um, but I think that's that's a really, really good example of... 
something that I, you know, wanted as, as a Protestant. So like I was uh, like pretty invested in this stuff, really looking for these connecting passages, yeah. looking for like Jesus quotes scripture all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, going, like, what is he saying? Read the chapter before, the chapter after. What is he like? Because a lot of times, you know, he has what he's directly saying to the people he's talking to, the indirect addresses to, you know, the people who are trying to criticism or trap him or um yeah. Or just trying to understand, um, you know, what, what his teaching is. Um, but then, <clears throat> uh, so, like, digging for these these connections, like, demonstrating this continuity. So coming into the church, like, the, the missile of readings, like, the, um, the, the scriptural erudition of the people who compile the, the missile is, like, like the, the awareness of how, um, you know, different passages in the Bible connect. Um, you know, yeah. the, the complete continuity between Old Testament, New Testament, um, the epistles all like, um, is like something that I, in, in my Protestant, like, like I didn't know that existed or I didn't know like this, mm-hmm. this was something you had to work hard to achieve through kind of study and yeah. personal reflection. But you know, that it was there. Yeah. Okay. So you say, you know, like we're Catholics are used to like, I come to church that guy up mm-hmm. there <laughs> in the chasuble is going to tell us what the scriptures mean. In a homily, yeah. Yeah. And then oftentimes we don't open up the scriptures mm-hmm. until the next Sunday, yeah. right? When we hear them again at mass. Um, but the benefit here is that the scriptures, like, you know, when the printing press came out and the scripture was available for, yeah. for everyone, like what a blessing, right? Today, you don't even need a, a real physical Bible. The whole Bible's online. You know, you can get it on your phone. There's apps or whatever. Yeah. Like people reading the Bible at home, how do you interpret what you're reading? I think, first of all, you've got to skip certain books. <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell you. If you started reading the Bible, you got to like just skip numbers. Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, those kind of things. Don't start in certain places where there's genealogy. Father of, father of, son of, son of, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are important emphasis to be placed on those. Uh, but the time and a place, and, and if you're trying to get into Bible readings, that's yeah. probably not the greatest place to start. So I would say start around the gospel. Start yeah. around that kind of stuff. But Matt, I know you're what's, yeah. what's really funny about that to yeah. me is that like people are always questioning the like historical authenticity of the, the Bible or like yeah. like Genesis, Genesis one and two. Did they happen? Did they like it's like really, really invested in like the answer to the question, like, is the Bible true historically? Um, and then, you know, you point to Kings, Chronicles, Judges, like yeah. all, all like the yeah. parts of the books that are historically accurate you get the genealogy you get the part that nobody wants to read yeah yeah it's just that's very ironic and funny to me yeah but but i i do strongly believe like look at the acts of the apostles Mm -hmm. right in chapter eight you know philip and the eunuch you know and and he stumbles upon the guy reading the book of isaiah it's like do you understand what you're reading and and the guy how could i how can i if no one guides me me, exactly or teaches me or no one leads me right so i i think that Yes, in a certain way, there's a there's a proper role for the priest to uh, sort of uh, interpret and teach the scriptures to mm-hmm. people on Sunday, but also to encourage them to be able 
to do it on their own. Yeah. Like, you know, Philip didn't follow the eunuch around for the rest of his life. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interpret the Bible for him. I think right? there was, there's a play. That's one of the per- perfect opportunities where the church has a role in this is get people started, mm-hmm. you know, but then like, so that's where we're going to Sunday masses. We're being fed not only through the Eucharist, which is our source of some of our faith, but we're getting being fed through the word made flesh. And so looking at the actual words of the Bible um, and, and, and we can be fed like that daily by not going to mass, we can still mm-hmm. be fed um, through the scriptures and read ourselves. But then when we're having problems understanding, or then we can go back and, and, and go to mass and go to, and, and bring it up to the church. Say, hey, what does the church say? That like um, we, we had a reading not too long ago. It was uh, on one of the Sundays, I think it was about um, um, Jesus really uh, um in a parable, praising the guy who kind of seemed to swindle oh, yeah. his master. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so shrewd, where the, yeah, yeah the like shrewd, shrewd manager. manager, which always, again, if you're reading that from a, from a, a Christian point of view, maybe, or from a, from a, if you're reading it uh, literally, let's say, Jesus seems to be praising a guy who's doing something dishonest, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And stuff. But so bringing it back to what, how does the church take this reading? Like Jesus is saying these words and he's saying that this is a good thing. So what is Jesus trying to say? Like there are confusing parts of the Bible. So read them, Try to understand them on your own, and then now go back to the source and, and yeah. see what what does what, how are we supposed to interpret this? How are we supposed to now? That's also in like you're you're saying, Matt, in different lenses because yes. how you're supposed to read it. I mean, when when I when I start reading that, um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of I was like the uh, the breasts are like does and fawns oh, yeah. leaping across a mountain or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like song song like. I, I, I'm reading that and then I'm reading the genealogy. I know that I'm not supposed to be reading like one seems to be a love poem yeah. and then the other one seems to be uh, like a, a newspaper a genealogy type type thing. So I know I'm not supposed to be reading it the same yeah. way. I just don't know through what lens to read it through. And that's where the church kind of comes in to help. Yeah. Us. And I think it's really important too, that, you know, if you're reading the Bible at home, it's okay to do a little background research or even sometimes in your own Bible, if you if you get a Catholic yeah. study Bible, mm-hmm. that's it really gives good. you like a little context of what this reading is. Right. Yeah. So you have the four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We know that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are similar in style. John mm-hmm. is kind of off on his own, right? <laughs> um, but there's reasons for that, right? Mm-hmm. John is the, the beloved disciple. He's writing from this point of, of how he knew Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, Luke is addressing his uh, his gospel to a, a different crowd, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then even like, the, so every if you have a Catholic study Bible, it will give you context. If not, look it up online. Like, how am I supposed to frame what I'm reading here from, from the eyes of the writer, right? Of course, yeah. inspired by God. But look at the letters of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Like Paul writes letters to Timothy. He writes letters to the Ephesians. He writes, writes letters to, everybody. to the Corinthians. Yeah. He's, he's a master yeah. letter writer, but he's addressing certain needs and certain yeah. issues that are coming up in those communities. Right. Like, you know, what would Paul St. Paul say to us if he had to write a letter to us? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's what he was doing. He was addressing certain things. He was trying to, he was trying to be a father. I was trying to be a spiritual guide, uh, an apostle, Mm-hmm. to these people you know so every uh the acts of the apostles you look at that's luke yeah luke who wrote the gospel is mm-hmm. now recording like the what the people apostles. were doing what yeah. people were doing after uh when jesus had ascended in, uh, into heaven so the new testament i think is easy for people yeah or easier i should say right yeah and and the new testament also has that sort of uh um, story flavor 
Well, it's like this happened. I mean, yeah. we see we see pictures of it. You know, there's a whole yeah. series called The Chosen, kind of brings the scriptures yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so people have these images in their head of like, oh, okay, this is what happened to Jesus. I, you know, like these vivid things come to their mind. In the Old Testament, you know, where people are less, I would say, yeah. less familiar with, yeah. right? It's the same thing. There's context to every <laughs> book, yeah. right? We read them in certain ways. Um, okay. And... I was going to say, I'm going to challenge anybody who thinks they know everything. Like, who are the Maccabees? I mean, I know now, <laughs> yeah, but I had to yeah. go, like, I for, for years, I'm going to say until probably maybe two or three years ago, I knew the Maccabees. I knew their books about Maccabees. I knew that there was a bunch of fighting and a bunch of war, but I never understood their purpose or their role, why we include them in the Bible or anything else. And so it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I decided to finally search and find out. You know what I mean? Why Why is this here? And what is the place? Because it's to me, it just seems to be like a whole... We're just going to talk about this random family that likes to fight. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. the group of people, I should say. But yeah, it would make for a good Netflix series. It really would. I yeah. mean, I got to be honest. Like, yeah. there's, it's, it's the Game of Thrones, but like biblical <laughs> yeah. style. You know, like a bunch of backstabbing, bunch of you know, fun stuff going on. So, I, I think people need to um, maybe understand the importance of reading the scripture on their own. Yeah. Right. But because people find it difficult. Or they don't really make it can make sense of it. You know, maybe it is. You know, we're looking at Philip and the eunuch. Um, maybe we do need people who do know how to read the scriptures to guide people. Mm-hmm. You know, and not, maybe I shouldn't say maybe. People need to yeah. guide people, yeah. right? Uh, parents got to guide their children, uh, gu- um, guide their brothers and sisters, their family members, whatever it might be, right? The church has to do that. Uh, I know here in the parish, a Bible study has started. Pff, people are loving it. It's, mm-hmm. it's bringing the scriptures alive. It's a it's a time for people to come together and uh, read the scriptures, talk about it, and share with one another. Like, how often do we have the time to talk about scripture readings hmm. together? Um, I had an opportunity recently to uh, travel with a group of teenagers. We were going to celebrate Mass at this at this uh, play, a Christian camp. And anyways, in the car ride on the way there, yeah. I said, so what What did the scripture speak to you today? And, and you know, these this car full of teenagers, are they're talking the whole way down and like, oh, they're full of life. And as soon as I asked that question, there was dead silence. Yeah. And <laughs> one of them said, I don't really, really, I'm not really used to talking about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And it's like, there's this uncomfortability you know, and so you push them a little bit. Well, what did the scriptures speak to you? Like, what did you take home from the scriptures today? You know, and then sort of some conversation. Uh-huh. So I said two things. I said, when you read the scriptures, you're always looking for two things. I, I always say to people, one, what is it saying? Like the, the piece of scripture you just read, what is it saying? Okay, so make sense of it yourself. Yeah. Number two, what is it saying to me? Yeah, yeah mm. that makes right. Sense. Yeah. Then yeah. when you guide people like that, boom, there was conversation in the car about, you know, what the scriptures was saying and what they can take with it, yeah. with they can take for their own life, right? Yeah. But I think people are in that situation. It's like, <gasps> what am I going to say? Like, yeah. what, what is the scripture saying? Like, you and know? what a wonderful thing when that happens in community. Like, I think sometimes yeah. we get locked into the idea that like we need to just kind of focus in and, and study ourselves, yeah. um, or just kind of outsource that to the church, mm-hmm. um, and even even the idea of study. And it's like, okay, this is academic. This is something like, or if, if it's, it's not in my kind of wheelhouse, it is, it is in my wheelhouse. Like I, yeah. I enjoy academic, I enjoy studying. <laughs> I enjoy like, like getting the background, getting into the context, like searching for the deeper meaning. But there's, um, there's a risk there as well that like, 
there's a potential for me to kind of over intellectualize an engagement of uh, with scripture. So like that that process that it's like. Um, okay, what does this mean on an objective level? Like, I can look up concordances. I can, like, do word studies. Yeah. I can do all this stuff. But that potentially lets me keep kind of an intellectual distance from the word itself. Um, and it's really interesting that, like, um, a lot of the historical contextual study that's happening now is out of kind of this post-Enlightenment intellectual tradition that um, is also kind of part of, like, dismissing the historical validity or dismissing miracles or so like this was just uh, uh, contextualizing everything out of out of relevance or um, and you had this in even in Jesus time like you had the Greek intellectual tradition that was um, um, you know really trying to understand this in terms of Greek philosophy you had um, you know a lot of the Pharisaic tradition that was like trying to understand this purely in the sense of the law like what's what's the precise theology that we can employ here to like to understand like even when yeah. they ask what's the greatest commandment um saying like because there's a, a debate already going on about okay. you know which which law or which you know gives sense or gives priority to everything else um and there's you know that they have an intellectual they have a safe distance from the word um and jesus um he uh, he um uses that formula or like they want they want to know the the precise theology he says let me tell you a story mm-hmm. they want they want to do exegesis he he said he brings in eisegesis he says like yeah. you you need to inhabit this this isn't just you know a, an idea that you can keep a safe distance from this is your story this is about you so that approach to reading scripture that you read it once you're like what does this mean what does this mm-hmm. mean on an objective level yes i can use all of these study tools you're like but what does this mean for me what does this like what does this ask of me like what does this compel me to do or like what do i need to change in my life to become more like christ yeah exactly yeah. and i i think that's a real problem today yeah. because people keep a distance whether it's intellectual or whether it's a comfort distance or whatever it might be right people say like well that's just the bible right mm-hmm. like yeah. uh that's not today today things are different today yeah. uh you know saint paul was uh, crude when he said those things mm-hmm. or uh, you know we don't really follow uh you know you're bringing up the maccabees we we don't mm-hmm. want to be like the maccabees yeah yeah maccabees that kind of thing. That's what whatever it might be there's always this like safety net mm-hmm. right but but this is the inspired word of god <laughs> like this is this this compilation of books has been around now you know, we're coming up to almost 2000 years of the whole of the yeah. Bible that we as we know it. Right. It's the inspired word of God. It's living. It's mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we keep on a shelf and, and let it grow dust. Mm-hmm. You know, remember a couple of years ago <laughs> when I asked people to bring their Bible mm-hmm. to church? Yeah. You know, yeah. And I told people, I said, grab your Bible off the, off off the, the shelf. Bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> blow the dust up and you know and bring it here we're going to talk about how to use it and it's like people were like i haven't opened my bible yeah in so long but it's like this is this, the word is living and active it's it's alive if we if we actually go into the scriptures and we read the gospels okay we see that jesus is well informed in scripture right like even at 12 years of age they find him in the temple where he is talking about scripture he's talking with the the rabbis in the temple and the um the priests in the temple and stuff that's where they find him in the temple again so like jesus has shown us the way i mean he he didn't have saint paul's letters and the the gospels at that time right right. but what he had was the scriptures and he knew even to the the one that we brought up before where like he opens up isaiah and he reads exactly he, he searches 
searches. I think the Bible, the the gospel says something along. He searches for the passage which he is looking for, and then reads it. Like he knows what. Like he's opening mm-hmm. up specifically to a page to read exactly the words that he wanted to read. It wasn't like let's just shuffle through this and Bible bingo done. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like he knew what he knew the scripture as well. Yeah, and and more than that. Um, a lot of Jesus' teaching uh, presupposes a biblical awareness of of his disciples, um, you know, the the people who are engaging him and challenging him, like even when they ask what the greatest commandment is. You know, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6. But then a lot of people think, you know, um, this is the God of the New Testament, so it's all, and and love your neighbor as yourself. It's like, but he's also quoting Leviticus, which nobody reads, uh, <laughs> <laughs> chapter right. nineteen. That is like this has been the story all along. Yeah. So, um, and there, yeah, there are a bunch of other examples that we probably don't have time for. But he, more so than just he quotes scripture a lot, he expects the people he's he's speaking with, the people he's addressing, to have a pretty a pretty solid grasp of scripture. Going to mass, so I would tell people going to mass, listening to the readings, trying to listen when you first listen. How do you get that? How do you what is the what are, what are we trying to say here and then and reflecting on that as you go and then let the homily tell you the next part you know what i mean so like i always read because i do music a, a lot for i always read it and then i reflect on what do i see the theme as what do i see as so i'm reflecting on the gospel in the first readings and the second reading and saying okay what is god trying to say in this mass specifically today so reading the readings before you get to mass real good really handy the second thing that i'll say if you don't do that already like the the church lists off readings every single day and if you read every single bible reading uh i mean if you do the readings for mass every single day for was it three years three years three years then you pretty much get the whole bible in there right almost yeah yeah almost pretty much yeah uh so so that's one way of doing it the other way is the bible in a year podcast we've talked about before with father mike smith or there's another one that just came out is now i think it's called sunday school bible study with the pillar Awesome guys, uh, another podcast. So um, I'm just started. They just started that one. Um, I'm listening to both of them. I love them dearly because they read the scripture readings and then they break it down um, every single day. And like the Bible podcast in the year that we talked about with Father Mike Schmitz, it's a 20 minute, half hour maybe. Listen yeah. to they read through the readings and you can interpret as you go. I listen to them in the car when I go to work, and then you. You know, go from there. And there's so many things you can subscribe to. You can get scripture sent to your email exactly. every day. Yeah. You can, you know, like you said, follow the church's calendars, uh, a, a calendar of readings. You can get a calendar that has a scripture for each day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's so easy. There's apps. Uh, you know, the Hallow app has, has uh, scripture. Making it part of your everyday thing. life, though, yeah. is so important. It's so important. It, like, if you're not reading the Bible every day, yeah. please start because it's so, so, so important. Yeah. Can I, can I, uh, yeah, propose something? Okay. So like just really quickly, a lot of people will look at the whole Bible and be like, and, and start, start at Genesis and try it, or like even start at the new Testament and kind of burn out like the, the, like looking at the mountain, it's too daunting. Um, something that really helped me early on is picking a book and reading it three times or four times in, in a month, pick a gospel, like don't try and read all the gospels, pick the gospel of John and read it three times in a row. Be, oh, be like be familiar with a book before yeah. you move on to another book that like that deepening familiarity with a book will help you will help give significance to 
the rest of the, uh, or you, you'll you'll be able to pick up things. You'll see what's interesting about Leviticus. Yeah. You'll see what's because you have that. Uh, it's internalized. It's not just something that you read to check a box. And allow yourself to stray so that you know, like, yeah. hey, I, I'm wondering about this. Like, if you read the Bible once, you've read, I mean, the Gospel once, you've read it twice now. You read it going on a third time, yeah. and start things start to connect. You go, oh, I wonder about this. Let yourself yeah. stray. Let yeah. yourself go yeah. find a good source in the yeah. church or yeah. one of the saints or whatever to tie those things together for you so that you can get excited about yeah. it. And you're, you're not going to bottom out on the scriptures. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. The, the scriptures is, uh, is, you know, alive. <laughs> I mean, how many times have we heard some of the gospels or how many, and mm-hmm. every time, you know, we think of something different or something else yeah. touches us or things like that. So you're not going to bottom up. Well, we've bottomed out here because uh, <laughs> we're out of time here on this uh, episode. But uh, good conversation. And if people want to uh, have a follow-up question or talk about what we've talked about or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. You can visit our website at thecatholicbuzz.com. Or you can leave comments right on our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok pages. Okay. Uh, My name is Father Daniele, and for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, thanks for watching The Catholic Buzz.